Welcome to Cashflow Assets Podcast, where we share the stories, tips, and techniques to get you out of the rat race and into cash flow abundance. Here's your host, Robert Slattery. Welcome to Cashflow Assets, the podcast. I am your host, Robert Slattery, and I'm here with a friend of mine. His name is Regulo Olvera. Did I, pr- did I pronounce your last name correctly? Yeah, Regulo Olvera. Perfect. Excellent. Excellent. Regulo, where do you live? I live in Texarkana, Texas for the moment, planning on changing that. <laughs> oh, really? Well, we're yeah. going to talk about that too. Regulo, we met about a year and a half ago at a, uh, a business conference. And we kind of struck up a conversation and, and I, I really enjoyed meeting you. If you met somebody in the elevator, what is your elevator pitch? How, how would you describe yourself? What do you do? Oh, gosh, that's a tough question, man. You really got me on that one. And the main reason for that is because I've always kind of built my business around not having to pitch myself. <laughs> I like so, that. Yeah. And, and the reason for that is because I, you know, I kind of believe that you kind of uh, sell yourself through your actions with other customers and other clients. So I used to, when I first started real estate, you know, I would practice that and go to, um, you know, door knocking and stuff. And I hated it. And so my goal from day one was to not have to do elevator pitches. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And, and folks, for, for those of you listening at home, the, you're, you're going to hear what I like so much about Regulo. He's a real guy. You're, you're a real person. Tell us, tell us about you. Wait, tell us about your family. Tell us about your, 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 what's your life look like right now? Well, right now, you know, I've got three kids, 16, about to be 13, my son, and my youngest daughter is 11. And I've been married for, oh gosh, I'm going to get this wrong, but I've been married for like 15 years. Don't worry, it's not recorded and going out to the internet or anything. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, the good thing is she's not that like she she doesn't care. She knows she sets reminders in my phone because she knows I have stuff going on, you know. But yeah, so I've been married for like 15 years, happily married. My wife is my partner in my business and she helps me with all of the stuff that I'm not good at, all the stuff that I hate and she loves to do, like the detail oriented stuff. We live in Texarkana, Texas. It's a small town. Uh, we're on the border of Texas and Arkansas. So in total, we have about 140,000 population. And I've been buying real estate here for the last 17 years. So let's get into that. You and I met and you told me a little bit about your business model. I told you a little bit about mine and we have some some crossover. The goal of this podcast is to illustrate for folks how they can break out of the rat race by building passive income using cash flow assets and and you and I both believe in real estate. The big challenge that most people run into is where do they get started and and how do they do it? And so let me ask you this. When you got started, were you rich? No, I was so poor. I couldn't. Yeah, I was, I was at the very bottom and I started selling real estate, you know, and my first year selling real estate, I made 13,000 the whole year. So Brutal. It, was, it was tough, you know? But I grew up very poor. My dad was a farmer. I remember he would literally, his checks were like $160 a week working sun, sun up to sundown on a tractor, you know? And we were so poor that when I was 13, I started to work on the farm and help to pay the bills. So I was, you know, working big combines, big tractors. It was like 
3,000 acre farm. So we were working heavy equipment at a young age because we had to. Wow. Yeah. Wow. How did you buy your first house? I bought my first house because basically I had started doing real estate and the guy that I met was a commercial real estate broker. And so, you know, he said I was a good salesman. I need to get into real estate. And I had zero plans of what I was going to do with my life. So I was like, okay, let me try it. And, um, and basically I started focusing on multifamily properties and commercial retail properties. And so my first big deal that I closed, you know, I made, it was a $3.2 million deal at a very young age. Nice. And so, and that deal basically fell in my lap. It was somebody that I'd known for a long time and I didn't realize they had that much money. And, you know, they, they were doing a 1031 exchange and I met one of the prominent business people here in town. I went to his office, scared as heck because I was a young kid and I didn't know what I was doing. And told him I had a buyer for a shopping center, which was in a prime location in Texarkana, like where, you know, it's a trophy property. And he said, yeah, I'll sell it. And then when we started getting the contract together, I brought him a contract and an offer with a 6% commission <laughs> on the deal. Uh-huh. And he laughed at me. And, uh, you know, he said, this, this is not going to work. I was like, well, what are you willing to do? He said, I'll give you one and a half percent. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I need at least 3%. He said, get, and I don't, I can't cuss, but he said, get the beep out of here, you know? And I was like, okay, wait, 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 one second. So I took the one and a half percent. So I, you know, my first big check was big, but it was a low percentage amount. And anyways, I got that check and I bought my first house, which I overpaid for my very first house. I did some remodeling work on it where I hired the wrong people and I spent too much money on the remodel. And I actually just sold that house this year after this many years. But so your purchase price, you, you're, I'm just putting together the pieces here. $3.2 million deal. You got about a $45,000 check on that. Is that correct? Minus the broker, you know, his okay. part. Yeah. What, what'd you spend on your first house? It was $47,750. Did you pay cash or did you finance it? No, I did finance it. So... My bank gave me a shot. I had never borrowed any money of that amount. You know, I had built my credit a little bit because I had to borrow money to pay my bills at times because I wasn't making enough in commission. Right. So sometimes I would go borrow $3,000 and wait till my next paycheck came in and then I would go back and pay it. And so I had built a little bit of credit at at that point, but I still had to put 20% down on my first house and then with the money that I financed for the remodel, I basically spent all my money, you know? And, yep. uh, and so I paid too much for the house. I remod- I spent too much money on the remodel. And if I had bought that house today, I would have paid $25,000 for that house. So that's how much more I paid for that house. Yeah. But you learned, right? Yeah, I learned. And what's, what's the value of education? Man, this is the the number one thing with the real estate that people don't get. And I'm glad that we are talking about this now. The fact that I screwed up was the biggest profitable thing I could have done, you know, because messing up on that deal allowed me to see what I did wrong. And instead of quitting and saying, oh, I messed up, I kept the house. I rented it. That house has been rented for the past 17 years. I paid it off like 10 years ago. So I've more than made my money back. 
So basically, if I had quit at that point, you know, where would I be today? I, I would be working for somebody and and doing something that I hate and not have any freedom. It would it would be horrible. <laughs> so you so you bought your first house. You you paid too much to it for it. I would I would argue that I think you paid the right amount for it because the education you got out of that out of that single experience has made you more money and and benefited your life in a better way than a four-year college education would have. Very true. Yeah. Right. And and you know, I it's not that I'm against college educations, but I'll tell you, the school of hard knocks is where I've learned most of my best lessons. And what you just illustrated, I, I left I left a hundred thousand dollars on the table earlier this year on a deal that wasn't the right deal. And and people are like you lost a hundred thousand dollars, and I said, you know, I'd rather lose the hundred thousand than lose two, yeah, or three or five, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I've so. done that plenty of times where I lose my deposit, my earnest money, but I know it's the right thing to do. Yep. And yep. and you have to be willing to lose money. I think what what you said is, you know, we look at every mess up that we make as as how can we learn from this and how can we benefit from this, you know? Of course. But, this year yeah. alone, I started, or oh, actually I started it two years ago, a business with somebody else. I'm getting out of it this year. I've lost $100,000 in two years. And I see it as like, I don't even care. Like I'll, I want to be in the position to lose $100,000 because I'm trying things and it's not going to affect me. Right. Know? Yeah. Okay. So you bought your first house. What year was that? Oh, gosh. 17 years ago, whatever that math comes out to. That's 20, 2004-ish? Yeah, that's right. Okay. When did you buy your next property? So you bought that one, you stabilized it. Then then when did you start growing? When did you start scaling? Uh, shortly after that, I actually uh, closed another multifamily deal and got another decent-sized check. And I ended up buying three houses together. And basically what I ended up doing with those houses is I was so broke that I had to rent them out as quickly as possible to not, you know, have to wonder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, what I figured out then is like the bank would let me borrow money and they would let me borrow money to remodel this house. Right. And basically, I could, I, that's where I learned how to buy houses with zero of my own money. And I hate to say this because you hear people all the time on here, you know, selling about how to buy houses with zero money, but I literally did it, but not in the way that you hear usually on social media where people, you know, get hard money or stuff like that. I literally would buy a house under value and ask the bank to give me an extra 10,000 and they would just give it to me because I was buying it at the correct price. And they were not like, okay, what are you spending this 10,000 on? They, they didn't want to, cause I, I made a local, relationship with a local bank. And he knew that I was going to be good for my money. So what he did is he would let me borrow whatever amount on top of the purchase price. So I was getting 100% financing on houses. I would have to bring the money to closing for the down payment. But at the end of the day, I would get the money back because he would give me the, the money to finance the remodels. So I figured out how to get into houses with zero money down and so I just started buying. I was like, well, hell, I'm just going to keep buying and buying and buying and buying and adding and adding. What I wasn't learning was how to manage those properties properly. I was having lots of turnover. I was not educating myself. I was, you know, I was doing the leasing process all wrong. 
And so I always kept buying more properties to keep digging myself out of the, the hole of having to make house payments. And I didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't understand that if I would have refinanced my properties in a better way, I could have cash flowed more. There's so many tricks in real estate that you could increase your bottom line. And I just wasn't doing it. And I wasn't learning because I was self-taught. Nobody was teaching me, you know? It's hard to find good information out there. There's there's a lot of free weekend courses you go to that will teach you how to buy properties with other people's money or with no money down. And they don't warn you about the double-edged sword of the zero down game. Exactly. And then there's a lot of these free sources online that will tell you, just go buy a property. And, and, and so people go out and buy a property and it doesn't tell them how to manage the property and run it like a business. Mm-hmm. And, and there's just, you're right. There's no, there's no one good source that I have found. I agree with you to, to really give people the entire model of how to do this. Yeah. How and, to run it like an actual business, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. I okay. So, so you bought, you bought one, then you bought three more, and then you kept buying houses and you established your relationship with the bank. At what point did a family member or a business partner give you a huge check and say, here's your golden ticket, and now your life is easy to, to grow your business? When, when was this big windfall? There was never a big windfall. Oh, man. So you, you had know, to work your way up. I had to work my way up. Nobody ever gave me any money. And in fact, this is the funny part. Whenever you're struggling to make it, nobody wants to give you money. And now that I have made it, everybody wants to give me money. Yep. Everybody wants me to invest their money. And that's where I'm at right now. We talked about it. I made a post on Instagram or Facebook. I don't remember which one. And I had so many people reach out. I mean, literally millions of dollars falling into my lap if I want to move forward with this. And I still am not 100% sure that I want to, but I think I should, you know? So- Let's let's come back to that. I, I want to bring that full circle. We, we will talk about that. Folks who are listening to this, what you're hearing is uh, Regulo Oliveira talking about how he got started and how he built up from literally nothing, literally nothing. Apparently, nobody ever gave him a big handout. Nobody, nobody showed up one day and said, Regulo, I like you just because you're trying hard. And so here's a million dollars. Regulo, Tell me about the lifestyle you have built. Tell me how many hours you have to work. What do you do with your day? What do you do with your schedule? This is, yeah, this is a little embarrassing because I don't work a lot, (laughs) but it's because I worked a lot the past 17 years. So, you know, about three years ago, maybe it was when we had met and we had been at that, when we were at that conference that I started realizing that I could run my business like a business instead of a self-run business where I'm doing everything, you know? And so I think it was around the time that we met that I started to basically hand responsibilities to other people so that I wouldn't have to do them. I used to go and buy materials at Lowe's for my flips, do everything. I ended up buying all the equipment, hired my right-hand man, and I haven't touched a single flip for three years. Nothing. I mean, I've done nothing except for just manage the process, you know? And so I've been able to flip around 30 houses a year, working two hours a day. And, and that's me being lazy <laughs> because 
Like I really need to double that and, and work four hours a day. You know what I'm saying? Like I realize that, but I'm about to get to that next level when I move, if, if we move. Let me ask you this, 30 houses a year. When you say flip, walk through what you mean when you say flip, because I'm not sure that you and I are on the same page with the term flip. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, you know, I mean, buy a house, fix it up and resell it. And I don't flip all the 30 of them. I buy 30 and clip, keep about 15 a year and sell the other 15. And so what that allows me to do is make enough money off my flips to keep buying and building equity in the houses that I'm buying. Awesome. So you're using equity plays on about half the properties to build your own portfolio on the other half. And you've been doing this for 17 years. Regal, how many houses do you own today? Well, today I own about 53. By the end of today, I'll own 23. And uh, why is that? Because I am selling a big package today that basically I, I started buying these houses. All of these houses, I bought them within the last three years. And I, I didn't buy them specifically to flip it as a package, but this opportunity landed in front of me. Somebody reached out to me. They wanted to buy my houses. I set a really high price, three times what I paid for the properties, and they took it. And they're cash buyers. It's a real estate investment trust. Nice. And the main reason why they like them is what people need to understand is I'm not just flipping them because I'm getting lucky. These properties are managed so great that when these people were walking the properties, they were amazed and they were wondering if I had paid to send somebody to clean all these houses and to cut all the yards. And, and I hadn't. I just had, I have great tenants, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So you, you work two hours a, a day. You're returning 30 houses a year. You are doing a true flip where you buy, fix up and sell uh, about half of those. You're keeping the other half for your rentals. Mm-hmm. And you, you now have, let's see, most people listening to this podcast are working 40 to 60 hours a week or more. And, and you just said that you're doing this in two hours a week. What do you do with the rest of your time? Basically, whatever I want to. You know, me and my wife spend a lot of time together. We'll, we'll come to the office. Both of us work for a couple of hours. And then we'll go eat lunch. And then we'll go pick up our kids. And we're done. Every I day. love it. Yeah. And, and this, this gives us enough freedom where we can go on vacations whenever we want. The only thing that slows us down is the kids schooling. You know, sometimes I wish I would just homeschool them, but I want them to socialize. And so I don't. But if if they were homeschooled, I guarantee you I would be in a different city at least every two weeks. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. What would you tell somebody who is thinking about getting started or somebody who's who's has a passive interest in real estate, but they haven't taken the leap yet? What would you tell them? Well, one thing I would tell them is don't give up. And whenever you start your real estate career, figure out how to run it like a business. And whenever you feel like there's a lot of strain and it's not going to work, don't give up, like literally push through. And I can, I'm a living testimony that somebody who grew up very poor is now financially free, you know? And, and I mean, financially free and enjoying not life, not like living on coupons, you know? I can live in whatever house I want. I can drive whatever car I want and spend, you know, whatever amount of money I need to every day on food. I don't have to worry about 
how am I going to budget for my food expenses? How am I going to budget for this? I've created cash flow, which is way more important than the house flipping. We don't touch any of our house flipping money. We only live off of our cash flow. So any money that we flip on houses, I know that's earned income and I hate that income. Like I like the cash flow that comes in every month, the mailbox money. And if you create enough mailbox money, you can enjoy life for real. I love that. I love that. Now you mentioned something earlier that I I latched on to, and I actually gave you a little bit of a hard time when you did it. You you bought a car this past year. You talk about owning owning whatever car, driving whatever car you want. Tell the story about the car you bought. Well, I bought a Lamborghini Huracan. Actually, it was in 2020, I think November. And I had planned for the last, I've always wanted a Lamborghini, you know, my whole life, but I never thought it was possible. And even though I've always been a driven person, I always knew I was going to be successful some way. I never thought I was actually going to drive a Lamborghini. And so about two years ago, when I started buying houses and creating a real business in my business, I literally, if you look at my office, I have Lamborghini toys all over the place. I have. I have a Lamborghini in my truck. I have a Lamborghini in my house, my home office. I have Lamborghinis everywhere because I wanted to remember what I was working for, you know? And so every time I saw that Lamborghini, I was like, okay, what do I need to do today to get to that goal? And my goal was to buy it within three years. I bought it within like months of when I got serious. I bought the car. And since then, I've already had, I have another one. You know, a C8 Corvette. I just ordered a brand new Lamborghini Evo from factory that's coming in in eight to 10 months, they told me. <laughs> and it's all because of real estate. It's not because, you know, it's, it's because of the passive income in real estate. And, and I always buy my cars in a smart way. For example, when I bought my Lamborghini, I paid off enough houses where I, I could make enough income off the houses to pay the, the car payment. But instead of making a car payment, what I did is I got a line of credit against my paid off properties and went and paid cash for the car. Right. And so now I have the title to my to my car. I don't have a monthly payment. The rent income is coming in and I ended up paying the first Lamborghini, the line of credit against that. I ended up paying it within a year back to itself. So we talk about our tenants being really nice people who will pay off all your debts for you. And I, I would like to just point out, if you were listening to this, what this man said is he bought a Lamborghini with cash that was secured against his, it was a line of credit against his rental portfolio or some of his rentals. And then his tenants who are really nice people just paid off his Lamborghini within a year. Mm -hmm. Green clear. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's ridiculous how once you learn to leverage real estate, how much cash flow is there. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. We we preach within our within my my workshop how to do similar things like that to to basically structure your debt in such a way that your tenants will end up paying it all off because as you know it's just an amazing tool, right? Yeah. If we're talking about college for kids or we're talking about uh, weddings or or major life events, right? Graduations or retirement or whatever that looks like. If you know what your goal is, if it's a bright green Lamborghini or if it's a trip to Hawaii, where's your favorite place to travel to, Regulo? Actually, Hawaii. 
Yeah. Said it. Oh my gosh. You know, I've been to a lot of beaches in Hawaii to me. I mean, it's just like Jurassic Park. You feel like you're in a old world, you know, if you get off, Kauai? get off the beaten path, you know, you're talking so, about Kauai. Yeah. 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 Beautiful out there. This is what we do, man. Passive income is not truly passive unless you give it the time to become truly passive, right? Mm-hmm. How much time would you say it has taken you from the time you got serious about your business to a point where you have reached what you would call financial freedom? In reality, I mean, I've been doing it for 17 years, but I was doing it wrong for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously I built up a lot of equity during that time. And so that, that helps a lot. But I've never refinanced my properties to pull out money. So they've all just been paying for themselves. And they've all been on 10 to 15 year notes, which is it's good. But if you really want to grow, you you can scale that a lot quicker if you get longer notes, you know, right. and create cash flow. But I would say I really got independent about seven years ago. I mean, I've been like, you know, able to live the life I want about seven years ago. That's awesome. And your kids are getting older. They're getting to a point where they're moving on to the next phase. What are you telling your kids? What are you encouraging them towards with the next step? My kids hear so much about real estate and about money management, you know, that they know a lot at their age. My two younger kids, my my oldest is a little bit in the rebellious stage, but my two younger kids invested $5,000 each of the money that I had earned through birthdays and and everything. And one one of the houses that they bought together is part of this portfolio that I'm selling today. They turned their $5,000 into $21,000 each. Wow. And, and not just that, since they've owned that house, they've been able to replenish their account from 5,000 back to zero. Now they're back up to 3,500 on their on their account because they didn't touch any of that money. And so now they're addicted to it. And now they're like, what are we going to buy with this money? Let's 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 buy Airbnb because I have Airbnbs too, and they see how much money it comes in, and they're like, "Let's buy an Airbnb," <laughs> and so they're addicted to it where they want to do it, and I love that. Awesome, awesome. You know, in in Proverbs, Solomon wrote that a wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, yeah. and I I take that very heavily. That's that that is forefront in my mind as we're growing. My kids are a little bit younger than yours, but I respect that because an inheritance isn't just money. An inheritance is education. It's wisdom. It, it, it is an understanding of how the world works. And too many people are in the mindset that they have to go to school for 12 years, get good grades, go to college for another three to four years, five years, six years, graduate with $300,000 in student loan debt, get a job that they have to grind at and probably don't enjoy that much for the first several years. And then someday, someday, they reach a point where they have achieved the middle-class lifestyle where they've got a house with a big mortgage, a new car in the garage, or two or three, all with loans on them. And they get to look forward to their week or two off of vacation a year. And I just think that model is terrible. I hate it. I hate it. It it literally, and I I hate structure when it comes to like when schools are trying to teach your kids. You know, they're trying to tell the kids what to wear. You know, I see my school telling my kids, your, your shorts have to be this high and this and that. And yet their cheerleading team is naked. And 
like none, none of it makes sense. And so if you can create that the life that you want that makes sense, it's easily doable through real estate. I have so many of my my kids' friends whose parents are doctors and they're working all the time. And I guarantee you I make twice what they make or more. And I work two hours a day. So I love it. So it's all about how you structure your life. And and I think you can do this in any business. It doesn't have to be real estate. But to me, real estate is the easiest way to to get rich, you know? But I mean, people who have businesses that are maybe they own a, a medical practice can create a business that gives them freedom too, if they know how to do it. And then put their money into real estate and create even more freedom, you know. Regulo, what else would you tell somebody if you just met somebody and they're grinding and they're not loving their life and, and they they think there might be something better out there, but they're not sure what, what, what two minutes of advice would you give somebody? To me, the biggest advice that I give my kids is we literally have one life here on this earth. So if you're not doing what you love, quit it. It doesn't matter. The money doesn't matter. You can find a way to pay the bills. Go into something that you love doing and go full force into it. And I guarantee you, you'll work harder because you like it. And you'll work smarter because you like it. And, and, you know, time is money, just like real estate. The longer you have real estate, the wealthier you get. The, the sooner you get started on your dream, the sooner you're going to have the life that you want. I love it. But it's not just going to come. You have to work for it. Oh, yeah, definitely. You put in the work and, and it won't always be easy. Just like you said, don't give up. Don't give up and push through. Mm-hmm. But... If you get started, if you've got a, a goal, if you've got a focus and you run it like a business, you can, you can accomplish some pretty amazing things. And Regulo, you're, you're the poster child of that. I, I have so much respect for you and who you are and what you've accomplished in your life. And I'm, I'm honored to have you as a friend. So, Likewise, man, for sure. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. And if you want to learn more about Regulo or if you want to learn more about investing in real estate, using real estate to build the life you want to live, check us out at blackwellworkshop.com. We've got a whole lot more information there. And I would be happy to put you in touch with Regulo if you think that he can help you accomplish your goals. Thanks for tuning into the podcast today. Regulo, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cashflow Assets with Robert Slattery. Make sure to subscribe and follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. To register for a free Cashflow Assets webinar, go to cashflowassets.com. Go check out the additional assets and resources that we have for you at blackwellworkshop.com.